When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. This is the MD's Fantasy Football Show with Dan Mader. Giving you the X's and O's of all things fantasy. That's right. It's Thursday night, which means it's time for another edition of the MD's Fantasy Football Show. As always, I'm your host, Dan Mater. Thank you all for joining the show live on our YouTube channel. Make sure you subscribe and hit the bell notification so you get notified whenever we have new content available to you. You can also download the show when you're on the go on your favorite podcast app. Because we had a great one last night. We had Operation Domination. We covered all the matchups. We'll be releasing more videos, kind of break it down if you're looking for particular games on our YouTube channel and on our podcast sites. Of course, the Thursday night game is going on right now, and we'll be making sure we get you up to date if anything in particular happens. But it is Thursday night, which means it's time for the injury inquiries and the cashing Thursday. So let's get our guests introduced for our first half hour, shall we? And now, the moment you've all been waiting for. He's on the right part of your screen. The number one medical expert in all of fantasy sports, Mr. Brian Scott! It gets better each time. Oh, thank you, sir. I feel like I should have a come out with a belt. I need a belt this year. <laughs> Maybe with one of my fantasy belt. leagues. Yeah. <laughs> we can we can definitely get you a belt. Oh man, we got comments coming in already. Josh, you know, watch more often apparently because week one was a fantasy disaster. <laughs> it was because of all the injuries that we had, which is why Brian being on the show is so freaking important right now. Oh man. Brian, how'd you do? How'd how'd your fantasy teams go? I did great, actually. I can't complain. See, the medical guy knew where to avoid all the pitfalls that we all fell into, and, and there you go. I bet you didn't have one J.K. Dobbins on your team. Nope. I yep. stayed nope. far away from J.K. Dobbins, and I warned I everybody him. to do the same. I only had him in one <laughs> league. I did, and I'm in like 25 leagues. I only had him in one league, but that, that was the only leader. I, I told everybody. <laughs> it's like it was a warning. Yeah. I gave you the warning. All right, well, we got a lot to get into, so let's yeah. kick it off. Oh, 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 oh. The uh, the quarterback list is short but prolific. Aaron Rodgers, Achilles. Oh my God! Like four snaps in. Like we don't even get to see what happens. I was so big on Garrett Wilson all off season, and now it's like I got to deal with Zach Wilson. Got to figure out what to do with him. We talked about that last night. Go back and watch. But do you think he comes back next season, or you think this this is it for Aaron Rodgers? No, I no, he'll be back. Did you see his cryptic tweet? Today, I, I did. think it was. Yeah, he'll be back. And he's I, gonna, and I, he's gonna rise like Jesus, apparently. I don't know. <laughs> yeah, well, I'm, I don't know if I'll go on a limb like that, but uh, <laughs> he's definitely gonna be back. I mean, just just knowing the type of guy he is, right? Like, this guy's not gonna go out like that. Like, let's be honest. Um, and being that it's his left leg and not his planting leg, uh, that actually works in his favor 
uh, and the timing of all this, that also works to his favor as well. Gives him plenty of time to get ready for next year uh, and be ready for the start of the season. So, um, you know, as, as terrible as it was, 75 seconds into his Jets career, um, being from New York and being a Giant fan, I know how it goes for the Jets fans, and this is exactly how it was going to happen. That was just written in the stone and the stars, I should say, because it can only happen to the Jets fan base. I'm sorry. There's something about the Jets and the Mets. And I, I know usually those are the same fan bases. Not all the time, but there's some of the Jets and the Mets. Like they go out, they they sign Verlander and Scherzer, and that blows up in their face. You get Aaron Rodgers, that blows up in your face somehow. It's not from lack of effort. I'll, I'll give you that. It's not from lack of effort. And I'm uh, a Mets J- fan, so I can sympathize. So. <laughs> It's it's brutal, man. Uh, so uh, Josh, he commented in. He says, figure out what to do with Rodgers. I mean, redraft-wise, you're, you're dropping him. If you're talking about from a dynasty standpoint, you're holding on to him. There's a chance he's going to be back next year. You can't trade him for anything anyway. Uh, Anthony Richardson was on my list. He practiced in full today. He's good to go, so we don't have to talk about him. Let's dive into our running backs. So we got Aaron Jones dealing with a hamstring injury after looking fantastic throughout the game last week. And it was said it wasn't going to be that major, but still seems in jeopardy for this week. What do you think, Brian? Yes. Yeah, so, uh, you know, he grabbed for his hammy after snatching a 35-yard touchdown pass as he was kind of slowing down through the end zone. Um, and that's, that's a very ominous sign when you see a guy reach back in the back part of his thigh and start grabbing toward that hamstring. Uh, you'd never want to see that. It's a scary sign. So, but you know, he was quoted in the media uh, by the press today and said that he's fine. Uh, he's been limited in practice. Um, he was wearing a helmet, doing some stuff on the side today. Uh, really, I think he's going to be questionable. Uh, you know, obviously listed as questionable. The question really we have is uh, what is he going to do on Friday? And is he going to be ready on Sunday? And, you know, I got to be honest, like like we've talked about already this preseason numerous times with the hamstring injuries, you can't rush these guys back. Um, he could be an actual true time game decision. Um, I would expect him to try and do more tomorrow, but if he's not, man, I would be very apprehensive about seeing him play and, and starting him in my lineup. Yeah, so we gotta we gotta watch. This. Is he gonna be on a snap count? You know, and I think Friday will tomorrow will tell us quite a bit. Again, we're we're doing the show on Thursday night. Um, if he doesn't practice all week, it's gonna be real testy. But it's gonna be hard not to play him after the game that he had. And of course, watching AJ Dillon look like a sloth out there, like so, it's, it's gonna be hard not to play Aaron Jones if he's actually active and out there. So I probably will play him if he goes. Uh, but if he doesn't go, AJ Dillon would take a step up. He would become he'd become a James Conner, a Rashad White, Javante Williams. Like you're gonna get enough volume where I have to put you as an RB two. But I'm not expecting too much out of you watching him run especially compared to aaron jones was just oh it was just night and day and i don't think aj dillon's even good at football i think this might be it for him if he can't pick it up 1.9 yards per carry that's just that's just not going to do it uh our next running back uh, you know this is not going to affect anybody for this week or anything but jk dobbins some dynasty leaguers out there achilles injury what do you think is going to happen when do you think he's going to be back well the the crazy thing about this is he's like the third professional athlete in the last like two years or so that's had this happen where they came back from an ACL injury. And then within a span of anywhere between like 10 to 24 months, ruptured their Achilles. Um, Clay Thompson, Golden State Warriors did it famously during the COVID season. And then we saw um, uh, 
Tyreek Tyreek Cohen, the Bears uh, running back, do it when he famously recorded himself during the rehab uh, workout, and you can hear his Achilles snap on the video. Um, he didn't play for almost two years, and only recently, I think just within this last week, he actually got picked up by the Carolina Panthers, uh, who signed him uh, to a free agent deal. So I, I don't know what's going on, if this is like a new trend we're going to be seeing here, but the fact that this ha- happened to Dobbins in what looked like a fairly innocent-looking play on the grass surface, not even on the AstroTurf, which has been another big hot topic that popped up after Aaron Rodgers' injury, um, is really kind of shocking. So it's an unfortunate thing. He's going to be out at least nine months. Again, timing here kind of works to his advantage because it should give him enough time to get ready for next season. But you know, when you're talking about the running back position, unlike Aaron Rodgers as a quarterback, uh, this is a major injury to bounce back from. And when you're talking about a guy who's also barely two years, I don't even think he's two years out from his ACL injury, um, that's a that's a double whammy, man, that could affect him for the rest of his career. Well, yeah, because this was supposed to be the year that he finally be over the knee injury. And now with Achilles, what, best case scenario in two years, he's back to his normal self. But remember, he's going to be a free agent this year on top of it. So the the best case scenario is the Ravens sign him to a one-year prove-it deal next year. It's... If you, have, if you have dynasty leagues, you have an IR spot, I'm keeping him on there. I'm not dropping him because of the talent that he is, and he'll be he'll probably be back at some point. But it, this could be the end for J.K. Dobbins ever having real fantasy value. It was just it was just really a shame to see. He, he certainly won't be the explosive back he was in college. I mean, that that no. that guy is, is no longer with us, unfortunately. Maybe, maybe he has a late Dante Foreman surge where he can be useful for us at some point down the line. Uh, but even he hasn't been able to sustain it. What about so this does affect us this week? Austin Eckler ankle injury hasn't practiced yet this week. Well, well, so there's more to this story. Unfortunately, apparently his agent suddenly passed away, and um, he's he's took that pretty hard, and uh, is using some downtime here to mourn the loss of his agent, who I guess he might have been pretty close with, who was a young guy, um, in and of himself, and uh, that along with his ankle injury that caused him to have to miss the whole second half this past weekend. He's been he's been not practicing the last two days, um, which is uh, concerning, considering I have him on, I think, maybe two <laughs> of my teams. Um, so, I, you know, I don't I'm, I'm obviously it's significant enough that it caused him to miss the whole second half. So I, I don't expect that he'll be ready to go with no practices under his belt this week. Um, maybe he'll be listed as questionable, but whether he actually suits up and plays is another story. Yeah, this is another one where if he doesn't go, we saw last week Joshua Kelly assume the role. And for the first time in Joshua Kelly's career, he actually looked pretty good. Maybe this is the effect of Kellen Moore. We'll have to see. But if Austin Eckler cannot go, Joshua Kelly would be a top 24 running back. It have to be a must start for me. Uh, let's <laughs> Raheem Mostert. That's good. He's off the list. He practiced in full today. So he's good to go. We don't talk about that. I don't really care about Evan Hall unless you're in dynasty leagues. We're, it's, a non, it's a non-issue. We'll talk about about Zach Moss coming back from his forearm injury. What do you expect him to be able to do this Sunday? Everything. He should be able to do everything. I actually thought he might be ready to come back next week, but uh, they gave him an extra week of rest and to make sure that he was completely healed up. But it's been enough time now since his injury, and it seemed like it was pretty um, simple. I think he might actually even had surgery to fix it, if I'm not mistaken. I can't remember. But regardless, uh, upper extremity injury forearm thing um, doesn't affect his uh, conditioning ability at all while he was out. So I'm not too concerned about it. He should kind of pick up where he left off. Okay, let's get to the wide receivers. It's bad. It's so bad. There's blood everywhere. 
It's <laughs> a long list in the wide receiver spot. Uh, so first up, Puka Nakua. Everybody's going crazy. The Cooper Cup Junior. He popped up with an oblique injury today on the on the injury oh, really? report. Yeah. Uh-huh. See, Brian doesn't even know. <laughs> I didn't even. Yeah, I, I don't think it's going to be a big deal. Uh, this dude, this is like the opportunity of a lifetime for him. If he misses time because of an oblique injury, uh, that's not good. <laughs> uh, not a smart move on his part either. Just get out there, dude. We'll keep our eyes on that heading tomorrow. But let's talk about Cooper Cup a little bit. Like, there, there's a lot of strange things going on. He's going to see a specialist, and it's yeah, like, I, are you really going to be back in four weeks? What do you got? Okay, so I mean, I I was shouting from the mountaintop like three weeks ago, like just put him on IR, let him. Don't even like leave it to anyone's doubt. Just get him on IR, let him recover, give him the four weeks to start the season. This is going to be a problem. Um, and I I said that as soon as we found out that he aggravated it. And then what did they do? They waited to the very last minute to put him on IR. And supposedly he was seeing some body expert, whatever that means. I have no idea. But listen, he's 30 years old. He's a receiver. It's a skill level position. Um, these guys uh, are very high risk for these injuries to reoccur during the season. Some some people have been stating this as high as 20%. I would even argue it might have been higher than that. Um, you got to get this thing right before you let him go out there. So even after the four-week stint on IR, um, he might not be doing too much until they know for certain that he's healthy. They have, I think, 21 days from when they come off IR to reactivate them. So even then, it's not a given that he's going to be out there ready to go full speed first thing. And obviously, he's going to be rehabbing and stuff between now and then. But, you know, I I told you, man, I say it all the time. Hamstring injuries take a long time to get better. And if it's a significant one, even four weeks from now, he's still going to be pretty sore and still kind of getting over some hurdles. Yeah, it's just it's a scary situation. I have I had a, I know a couple of guys. It wasn't me, but I know a couple of guys who wanted with Jonathan Taylor and Cooper Cup, and they're just getting screwed left and right right now. It's it's a tough situation. When you're trying to figure it out, and you know, for the people out there who are like, okay, well, I just picked up Puka Nakua, who looked great. What happens if Cooper Cup comes back and he assumes his normal role? Well, I would say. I think you're still going to get a lot of value out of Nakua because they need a second receiver to step up. And there used to be a spot for a guy named Robert Woods who did pretty well next to Cooper Cup. It didn't used to all just be Cooper Cup and nobody else. So I think he could fill that role. His body type does fit that role. So that's why I do like Puka Nakua for the rest of the season regardless. But this the Cooper Cup thing and being so murky with the details, this is one thing we're going to have to watch, and that could easily affect his his value and have him give some upside that we weren't anticipating before. Uh, Devontae Adams is off the injury report. He did practice in full today. He was listed as a foot yesterday. Yesterday, apparently, there was nothing to worry about. This I am worried about. DeAndre Hopkins has not practiced the last two days in a row with an ankle issue. It's always a lower extremity issue for him, I feel like. Yeah, he um, he wasn't seen at practice during the open media portion today. So that's two consecutive days now of not practicing. Uh, highly unlikely that he'll be available um, this weekend without at least a full practice or two under his belt. I mean... But if he couldn't go back-to-back days in even a limited fashion, that tells me he's not going to be ready. Yeah, so now it's like, okay, so now Traylon Burks, will he move up? I have him right now at wide receiver 44. He'll move up a couple of spots, but he's not going to crack my top 36. We have to see another game out of Ryan Tannehill. I was one of the people championing for Tannehill that he's not sucky, that he had a bad ankle last year. He needs to be mobile in order to be effective. And then last week, it looked like he was Matt Ryan, you know, times 10 in a bad way. So I got to see, like, are you done? Like, did you suddenly just fall off the cliff altogether, whether you're healthy or not? 
We got to see that. So I'm not going to put Traylon Burks my top 36, even if DeAndre Hopkins is out. If you don't have many options, he can still be a flex option. The, the volume should go to him. I also think Chig uh, Okonkwo will be a little bit more involved as well. He did play a lot of snaps last week, didn't get a ton of targets. He'll probably get a few more targets with Hopkins out as well. But I'm still trying to avoid the pass catchers until Ryan Tannehill can show me that he's just not completely falling off the cliff yet, which he might have after last week. We don't know. So we'll have to watch that intently. Uh, what's going on Christian Watson he's still not practicing much no um and you know here's another hamstring popping up on the list here and there's still a few more to go uh you know I've always said with these hamstrings in the past as well um you know you you like to get at least one full practice under your belt at <laughs> as close to full speed as you can and if you can do that safely you're then you're probably good to go but he has not practiced in two days this week already so I I um I bet we don't see him again this week yeah, I would bet you don't either. Romeo Dobbs, I think he'll play a little bit more. He's dealing with it, but he was able to play through it last week. Got a couple of touchdowns as a result. If you're going to play a Packer receiver, it is going to be Romeo Dobbs for me, but just keep in mind, he's still not at full throttle just yet. So again, this is another, I put him in the same area kind of as a Traylon Burks, where if you need him as a flex option, you can do worse, but I'm not necessarily looking for reasons to put him in my lineup, despite the fact that he had two touchdowns last week. Remember, he only had four catches for 26 yards otherwise only played about half the snaps uh talk to me about jacoby myers and that nasty concussion injury he picked up on sunday yeah so unfortunately i didn't see the play but uh he's already missed two days this week and in the concussion protocol there is a natural progression if you can't get through that and part of that is showing that you can do some physical um physical exertion symptom free then you can't kind of move through the progression. So the fact that he hasn't done anything, he's in the very beginning phases of the concussion protocol. It's going to be some time before he gets out of it. So definitely not going to be ready to go this weekend. It'd be, it'd be a miracle if all of a sudden he clears it in one day. Um, he might even take all of next week before he's even cleared. We'll have to see. Yeah, uh, that's the one we got to watch, too. I'm, I'm not getting excited about Hunter Renfro. If he is out, by the way, I think they'll just get shuttled more to Devontae Adams. Hunter Renfro's been on the team for a while, and he has not clicked since Joshua Daniels has taken over. So I'm not moving Hunter Renfro up in my lineup. Uh, Jerry Judy, he looks a little more positive. Yeah, but I'm still very cautious. Um, you know, this guy had to be carted off the field with his hamstring injury, if you remember. Looked like he got shot by a sniper. Um, it was that bad looking. And he's only been doing limited practices this week. So, like I said before, just a minute ago, if you can't get a full, full-fledged, full-speed practice in under your belt before game time to test it out, man, I'm really, really apprehensive about it. Um, again, we might see him listed as questionable and possibly suit up. He could be on a snap count or he could be one of those true game time decisions. Yeah, uh, 100%. And uh, this is another guy that he, he's kind of stuck in a situation where I don't trust the quarterback. <laughs> Russell Wilson looked terrible again last week. I know in the stat line didn't look that bad, like 177 and two touchdowns. It looked bad when you actually watched the tape. Cortland Sutton will probably still be the number one receiving option. I am looking for other options this week besides Jerry Judy, even if he suits up and is good to go. We need to see it first, I think, before we see anything. To your point, I'd be a little bit fearful about him having a setback with how bad it looked before. This one... I saw how bad this looked in person because I was actually at this game.
game. Deontay Johnson, his hamstring injury. When it first happened, Brian, I thought it was an ACL because it looked like he grabbed <laughs> his knee, not his hamstring. Like it looked bad. Yeah, well, I mean, your hamstring does cross the knee joint in the back there, so it might have been, you know, kind of more toward the tendon area where he has sustained the strain, but uh, his doesn't sound good at all. In fact, uh, there has been some discussions that he might end up on the IR, so um, he hasn't done anything this week in practice, and um, pay pay close attention because he could end up on the IR. If they put him on IR it would actually give him five weeks. So remember, IR, you have to have four games. It's not four weeks, it's four games. Their bye week is just after that fourth game. So if they put him on the IR, he would actually have five weeks before he would come back and play. So just kind of keep that in mind. And that'll factor into their decision big time. That really helps, you know, kind of get guys healthy. So the, the, the bye week becomes really critical when making these decisions. And don't think they haven't thought about that. No, agreed. That's why I think it's actually more likely that they actually wind up doing this unless unless they truly think that he can come back within that four-week time period. There was a report out there today. I didn't get it confirmed. Somebody was trying to say that he was day-to-day, a team source. I don't know how real that was, but that was something that was flowing around. I, I'm sorry. Like I said, I was there. I saw this injury happen in person. There ain't no way he's day-to-day. Like that, It looked bad. <laughs> uh, uh, what about Brandon Cooks and his MCL sprain? Uh, yeah, it sounded like it was pretty mild, actually. Um, he did not practice yesterday or today, but uh, did do some work on the side, apparently, with the training staff. And some of the local papers were reporting that um, it's a pretty mild injury and they expect him to be ready for this weekend. So I would see what he does do tomorrow and then watch game time. He's probably going to be listed as questionable, but he could be available. Even if he is, guys, keep him off. Keep him off your fantasy lineup, especially if you're 10, 12 man leagues. I mean, if you're 14, 16, you got to play anybody with a pulse. I get it. But he's going to be going against the Jets. He's likely going to play the side of Sauce Gardner most of the time. Sauce Gardner's not going to travel most likely with CD Lamb. It's not something the Jets tend to do. And this is, might just be a, a defensive slobber knocker that you don't get a lot of offensive scoring from either side of the ball. Zach Wilson and Dallas' defense, that could be atrocious. But we know the Jets' defense is really good, too. And even though it was a limited sample size, Dak didn't look all that good on Sunday night. So I can see this being a really low-scoring game. Brandon Cook's getting the tougher matchup of the wide receivers because he's going to play the perimeter. I would probably stay away from Brandon Cooks altogether this week if you can at all help it. Uh, this guy, I'm just a little bit interested because Kendrick Bourne was such a hot waiver wire pickup that I think we need to talk about Devontae Parker's availability. Yeah, you know, he's dealing with some type of knee injury. I'm not exactly sure what the diagnosis is. Um, it kept him out of week one, but there's been a lot of reports coming out of that camp that he's actually going to be ready to go week two and that um, he's only just been resting and he's healthy. And, you know, being a veteran, uh, that's not unreasonable at this stage of their career to to kind of not have to really be <laughs> too, too involved in practice to get to get ready. So, you know, pay attention to tomorrow, Friday, and see what he does. Probably going to be listed as questionable, though. Um, and this could be a true game time decision, depending on what happens tomorrow and how he feels after practice. Yeah, keep your eyes on that. And and look, Kendrick Bourne, we've seen him have blow up games in the past and then come screaming back down to reality because, well, he's freaking Kendrick Bourne. He's not really that good. They paid Devontae Parker. I, I don't know why, but they did. And Juju Smith-Schuster, we'll probably be talking about Juju Smith-Schuster at some point this year, Brian, because we know That's his really knee up. is going to be an issue at some point in the season. They're talking about it like it's like, oh, it could blow up at any moment. And you paid this guy over Jacoby Myers. I'll never understand. But anyway, uh, Devontae Parker, there's a pathway where he 
could actually wind up becoming the number one receiver for this team. And as we saw last week, with there's a big difference between this offense with Bill O'Brien calling it and Matt Patricia last year. So might be something to keep your eyes on when he becomes available. What's going on over there in New England? Let's get to those tight ends. <laughs> that looks painful every time. All right. How about Mark Andrews and his quad issue? Is he going to play this week? Yes. Mark my words. Awesome. And I have him on my team. And uh, some reports actually said he practiced in full today and looked pretty good. So um, I expect that he'll be suiting up again tomorrow in practice and should not have any setbacks. Uh, I expect him to be a full go this weekend. Awesome. That's exactly what we want to hear. We need to hear that for Lamar Jackson's sake, for 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 everybody's everybody on the uh, I'm drawing up, on the Cincinnati Bengals' sake to make sure the offense goes back and forth in those games. We need Mark Andrews for everything and everyone involved in that game. Uh, so that's good news. We also need Travis Kelsey for everyone and every, involved in that game. So what do you make of Travis Kelsey? So really encouraging news today. He actually practiced limited yesterday, but then today there was video of him actually on the field messing around with Chris Jones and and looking pretty good. It didn't look like he was really hampered much by that knee. He had a protective uh, compressive sleeve over it, but uh, he didn't look like he was really favoring it or anything from the short little video clips I saw. Um, So that's great news, man. I I think he's going to be in there. I don't think they can afford to keep him out any longer. And he's he's a tough dude. I think if he has any chance of playing and not making it worse, which I think he does, um, I think we see him. Um, bone bruises, you know, they, they can take a long time to get better. The thing about them is the size of them is usually correlates pretty high with the uh, severity of them. And so even if they saw a small little thing on that MRI of his that indicated a bone bruise, it, it that means it wasn't necessarily severe. So you can get over that pretty quick and not risk any further injury. My guess is he he made a much better recovery sitting at week one, which is probably the wise thing to do. So I do expect him to be out there this week. Now, I, I'll just say this. A deep bone bruise, will he be as effective? Or do you think he's going to be hindered at all? No, I mean, it's it's one of those things where if it was not severe, which from what I can tell just by seeing what he was doing today and hearing the news, then you can get over that pretty quick. When it when it does occur, it's pretty debilitating. It, it hurts. However, if it's a small kind of minor one that doesn't really incorporate a lot of the areas of the knee, um, then it can heal pretty quick in these young athletic guys. So um, I don't think it's going to be a huge hindrance. I think the only thing that may hinder him is if he has to play with some type of protective brace on, which is a possibility, although he wasn't practicing with what I saw as a brace. It looked like it was just a compressive sleeve. There you go. It's that Taylor Swift power. If that rumor is true, it's that Taylor Swift power bringing his knee back that'll to life. Get your, that'll get your engine going for sure. <laughs> <laughs> I just hope it's true. We got to find a way to, to confirm that somehow. Uh, the last injury to the tight end position, I want to talk about Pat Fryermuth. He had a chest issue. Uh, it yeah. looked like it wasn't that serious, but what do you got on him? I don't think so. Um, it, from what it sounds like, he had like a sternal bruise. So basically his chest bone or, or breast bone got contused. Um, and you know how that happened. I don't know. Cause your chest protector should cover that area and not, not expose it to a helmet or anything. Yeah. Yeah. But so it must've been a pretty good impact, but I can tell you that the chest protector probably spared him from a really serious injury. So I don't think this is going to be a huge thing. I think he'll be ready to go. Okay. And, and, oh, that, and then they play Monday night too. So he's got extra day of rest, which is great. 
Yeah, and, and if you're sitting there, you're like, okay, well, if he plays Monday night, do I have to make sure I have another option for him? We're not that worried about it. As you just heard from Brian, we're pretty sure he's going to be active and playing. So if you have Pat Fryermuth and he's been your top 10 tight end, you're rolling with him, feel free to go roll with him again this week and you don't have to back him up. Uh, Brian, I want to thank you so much for coming on the show. It's always great to have you. It's going to be every Thursday. I'm so glad we're back at it. I know week, week one for me was nuts. I was all over the place, so I'm glad from here on out. Uh, we're going to be able to have you and talk about these injuries, and hopefully the list will not be this long every single week. Uh, but what do you got coming up? What have you been working on? We want people to check out and where to find you. Well, uh, I'm really just trying to stay on top of these uh, injuries right now. Um, so pay attention to my Twitter feed because that's where, usually where I will throw up um, immediate reports. Uh, in fact, I had the Aaron Rodgers injury nailed down about two minutes after it happened um, on the Monday night there. So um, at Injured List Pod is my Twitter feed. InjuredList.com is where you can find the blogs that I do with Andrew LaDuke from Fantasy Sports Corps, and that usually incorporates a little bit more information and also gives Andrew's take on fantasy um, uh, um, you know, um, implications uh, for those guys that we discuss. And um, yeah, you know, I've got my podcast that I do, of course, and I've got guests coming on that show. I've got a bunch recorded, so I'll be releasing those soon. I got one coming out on Monday with a uh, former professional basketball player, Travis Reed. Awesome dude. We had a great conversation about his time playing over in Europe um, for many years and just a real cool dude who had a pretty nasty injury to himself. And he goes into detail about that, but cool guy. We had a fun t- conversation. So check that out. That'll be on Monday. Excellent. Excellent. Brian, I love you having you on so much. I can't wait to have you back again next week, man. Thank you. And good luck to you with your fantasy teams. All right. Thanks. Let's go to a commercial break. We'll come back on the other side with Chaz Filardi and get into our bets of the week. Spring has sprung and our friends at Manscaped have the best tools for some spring cleaning. They've already helped you tidy up all the nooks and crannies of your body's basement. But this year, Manscaped can help you get the perfect presentation on that beautiful face with the new Beard Hedger Pro Kit. Make sure you look your best this spring by using code BELLY20 to get 20% off and free shipping at manscaped.com. So tame your mane with the Beard Hedger Pro Kit. The sun is peeking back out, which means you'll have to show your face in the daylight again. So use the kit to make sure your scruff looks award-winning, whether you have glorious beard flow or some smooth, sleek cheeks. Save 20% off and free shipping with the code BELLY20 at manscaped.com. That's 20% off and free shipping with the code BELLY20 at manscaped.com. Focus on the face and use the Beard Hedger Pro Kit for the cleanest look in the game. Welcome back into the MD's Fantasy Football Show. Thanks for tuning in live on our YouTube channel. Make sure you subscribe and hit the bell notification so you get notified whenever we have new content available to you. You can also stay up to date with the show when you're on the go by downloading us on your favorite podcast app. So yeah, we Chaz will be in here in just a minute. We'll, we'll buy him a little bit of time. We'll start to get into some of our bets for the weekend. But that's been the great thing about this show this year is that we're really, really intertwining the fantasy football and betting analysis and very excited to do it make sure you go back and check out our show from last night our operation domination episode we went through every single matchup to talk about our fantasy football expectations and our player props and that's going to be every wednesday night at 9 30 p.m uh, but let's get into some of our bets for this week let's get into the Kansas City.
Spring has sprung, and our friends at Manscaped have the best tools for some spring cleaning. They have already helped you tidy up all the nooks and crannies of your body's basement. But this year, Manscaped can help you get the perfect presentation on that beautiful face with the new Beard Hedger Pro Kit. Make sure you look your best this spring by using code BELLY20 to get 20% off and free shipping at manscaped.com. So tame your mane with the Beard Hedger Pro Kit. The sun is peeking back out, which means you'll have to show your face in the daylight again. So use the kit to make sure your scruff looks award-winning, whether you have glorious beard flow or some smooth, sleek cheeks. Save 20% off and free shipping with the code BELLY20 at manscaped.com. That's 20% off and free shipping with the code BELLY20 at manscaped.com. Focus on the face and use the Beard Hedger Pro Kit for the cleanest look in the game. Looks like we're having a little bit of a technical difficulty issue. Hopefully, you guys can bear with me and stay with me all through this. And like I said, we're going to try to get to some of those bets right now. And talk about the Kansas City Chiefs. There we go. The Kansas City Chiefs and the Jacksonville Jaguars. And with them, we got the Kansas City Chiefs at minus three and a half heading into this week. And what we're trying to see here, can they get back on track we just heard from Brian that Travis Kelsey is, in fact, going to play. And I think that is a big, big deal when trying to figure out what the Kansas City Chiefs be able to cover this week. Remember, this is a team that's they're never the underdogs, ever. Never the underdogs. And as a result, their record actually is not that great against the spread, typically speaking. But it actually believe this or not, is a little bit better on the road than it is at home. I guess the Jacksonville Jaguars and Travis Kelsey is going to be able to go. I would suspect that the Chiefs should be able to cover this at minus three and a half points. So we're going to go ahead and cash on the Kansas City Chiefs being able to cover three and a half against the Jacksonville Jaguars. I do expect this at the same time to be one of the highest scoring games. It's over under a 51. Now I know they had a high-scoring game. The Chiefs did with the Detroit Lions, and you know, it was just it didn't wind up panning out that way. Again, Travis Kelsey's back. That was a big part of it. Detroit didn't have to score as much because the Chiefs weren't scoring as much. I don't expect that to continue. We're already seeing in the Thursday night game the offenses to some degree have opened up a little bit, and I do think we're going to go ahead and cash the over on that as well. I didn't have any player props in particular that I was completely fond of. I will say this: keep an eye. When Isaiah Pacheco's rushing yard prop, if Clyde Edwards-Lair were to miss. Now, I don't think it's going to happen because Clyde Edwards-Lair did practice in full, but it did look like as that game wore on, they were getting Pacheco more and more run. Remember, the slow start can be uh, explained because of the shoulder issue and the training camp issue that he had. So, guys, we'll go ahead and, and check that out then. Now, what we also have going on is the Las Vegas Raiders against the Buffalo Bills. And the Bills are minus eight and a half favorites with a 46 and a half over under. Man. <laughs> so I know it was bad against the Jets, but you have to think as bad as Josh Allen looked on primetime football that he took that personally. And I am not going to sit here and buy into the idea that Binds this idea that you are going to now just be bad at football. And I'm not going to buy into the idea that the Raiders are suddenly a much improved defense. There's some talk about their secondary improving. Yeah, okay. They played the Denver Broncos. Russell Wilson is a ghost of himself, has been for the past couple of years. And I think even with Sean Payton, I think we might just have to accept the fact that he's a ghost of himself. I do think the Bills cover in this one and get back on track. 
after the fiasco in Monday night football. However, the 46 and a half over under that line is about right with these two teams. The Raiders could have trouble putting up points. It might be all on the bills to get them over this line. It's right about the factor. I'm not going to bet the over under in this particular uh, matchup. Now, what we have next is the Seattle Seahawks against the Detroit Lions. This line's moving. So if you wait the back on this game, maybe wait a little. One, two, three. Hey. Can you hear me okay? I can hear you just fine. Can you hear me okay? Yes, I uh, I apologize. I had a work call that I couldn't get off of, so uh, but I am I'm ready. Excellent, excellent. I am still trying to figure out what is going on with my setup over here, but kind of getting through the game. So we can backtrack a little bit. I did talk a little bit about the, uh, the the Chiefs and Jaguars game. The Chiefs favored at minus three and a half. The over under set at fifty one. And basically, Chaz, my analysis was. If Travis Kelsey's back at it, not only do I have the Chiefs covering, but I do think this game winds up going over and it does turn into the shootout that we all want it to be. What do you think? Yeah, the the drops that Tony had were not just drops, right? He was in the middle of the field with no one around him, and he dropped the ball. So, yeah, you pick up one or two of those plays. There was one. I don't remember where it was on the field, maybe the 30 or 40-yard line, and, and there wasn't a person around him. And then, of course, I got to watch Tyreek Hill against the Chargers going up and down the field. So, yeah, I agree with you that having Kelsey back, but I don't think Tony's going to be hands of bricks. I saw some cinder block uh, images, you know, on the Internet. I don't think that's going to be the situation. I think they're going to be fine. But I do have my notes on that game. And I wrote, last year, Kansas City lost home to Buffalo. The next week, they beat San Francisco 44-23. to on the road, in 14 of 17 games, they've scored 28 or more. 14 of 17 on the road, they've scored 28 or more. Last year, it was 27-17. Uh, I do. I see more points uh, in this game. Chris, can you hear him? I cannot. Can you hear me? I can hear you. Well, duh, you answered. Of course, you can hear me. How are you, man? I haven't seen you. I'm doing good. I tuned in just in time to hear some of your great advice from the Chiefs. So you'd like to well, over on this one, Chaz. No, I just I think they're going to be more points than they scored last year when they played. And 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 again, the Chiefs, uh, they just I mean they they didn't score at home. And remember, Blackhawk West on our show is a season ticket holder. They run out of fireworks some days. They run out of fireworks. They say sorry, we scored too many touchdowns. We got no more fireworks. So. At least I got a little surplus because that was that was a bizarre, a bizarre ending to that game. But I will say that um, until we get Dan back, I had something that happened to me that it's never happened to me before. When I had my only prop of the game was that there will be a defensive or a special teams touchdown, and it was plus two twenty. And then I thought it was a done deal. And it was a walk off. I never, Chris, have won a special teams or defensive walk off that was a walk off okay, nice. it was That's really awesome. wild i think i, I had the opposite like i had a walk off loss from fantasy 
where the Jets also the Jets defensive or such as say special team touchdown wound up costing me. So oh, so that was the opposite winning. for you. What was a exactly. good play for me was a bad play for you. Yeah, because oh, that's, <laughs> that's they they get six points right. Yeah, yeah, that's yeah. what I wound up losing by. Yeah, a lot of people had to walk off uh, losses with the Dallas defense last week, too. Um, All right, so let's move on from Kansas City. I I did talk about the Buffalo Bills. Yeah, I've been there. Remember when when I was in New Orleans, I was trying to use my laptop with the Marriott. Uh, High-speed internet wasn't working. Hey, you guys. I I know what Dan's – I appreciate Dan's pain. I really do. Yeah, I don't. I'm having some kind of power surge issues, so I'm going to be like kind of like switching back and forth between microphones, I guess. But let's talk about the Raiders and the Buffalo Bills. The Bills minus eight and a half, trying to bounce back after a terrible Monday night game. And I have to tell you, I think they do. I do not buy into this idea that the Raiders are suddenly this much improved defense. I think it was just playing the ghost that was Russell Wilson and continues to be, no matter who the head coach is. So I do think the Bills actually cover this one pretty handily at the minus eight and a half. I'm not going to touch the. 46 and a half over under though that's where i draw the line so Chaz, where you at in this game uh, you know it's a really interesting matchup for me quarterback wise because the um I, i'm not a big fan right now of the vegas operation the vegas operation has some issues don't, don't get me wrong they got tom brady and i don't know if it's just for money that mark davis needed some money tom give me some money i'll give you own i don't know what the re- relationship is there but they're not, they're not an organization that I would be want to play for. So that led me to be very high on hoping that Derek Carr has a good year because I think some of the stuff that he did and went through, it wasn't all on him because, you know, if there's crap flowing downhill in an organization, look at the Chargers, you know. Um, but mm-hmm. the uh, the Josh Allen couldn't play worse, could he? Could he possibly have played worse than no. that? No, it was terrible. Three picks of the same guy. It's like, you know what? Did you have a side bet with this guy? What's going on with that? Chris? Got any opinions? No, I, it was a crazy, definitely a crazy play. I mean, Whitehead definitely stared at me out, but I think Dan has it on the money on this one. I like Buffalo in this game. I do think they cover. I think they bounce back. The Raiders were able to play decent last week. Um, I think Buffalo, as you pointed to, Chaz, basically lost the game for themselves. Josh Allen just kept throwing the ball to the wrong color jersey, lost in the special teams touchdown we talked about earlier. So I think this is definitely a game Buffalo bounces back, and I like Buffalo in the game as well. All right, what, what, what about Seattle? And- Seattle game is going to be interesting. Chaz, what do you have in the Seattle game? Well, you know what? Detroit is so exciting, right? And And – if you don't have any empathy for Detroit fans, then you really have – you don't have a soul. I mean, they've had such a tough run. But do you know in their last 11 games, they're 10-1 and against the spread, and they're 11-2 and against the spread at home? Last year, though, in this game, there were 93 points scored. I have to say that I am still in the undecided Geno Smith category. I, I'm just – I'm not – I'm not ready to – I they, I realize they had to give him money, but I'm not really – I wouldn't have him if I was a fantasy guy. Definitely struggled yeah. last week. I mean, I think that losing the two tackles who are going to be out this week as well is going to really hurt that offense in Seattle. Uh, I think Detroit's going to be able to pull this game out. I think Seattle's offense is just too bad. 
it, it's hard not to root for the Detroit coach, man. He's like, he's like a high school coach on steroids or something. He really is. He's so exciting. All right, can you guys at least hear me? I can hear you, but Chris is frozen. Chris is frozen. We're just left and right today. Uh, yeah, this line's been moving all over the place. This is one of the games I am interested on. Geno Smith looked like the journeyman. We all thought he might be coming out. We had to worry about to some degree. Detroit's at home. They are a different team at home. They actually won one on the road last week. Minus five seems like a gimme for this team. However, I am not tackling that over under this week either. I could see a pathway where maybe Geno snaps back with all those offensive weapons and they wind up scoring left or right. But I could also see a pathway where maybe Detroit's defense plays like it did last week. Maybe Geno is playing downwards and going down a downward journeyman style. We have to see, but I'm not gonna I'm not gonna take the over under, but I am gonna take the Lions minus five. So that, that's where I come out on, on that game myself. Uh let's start with the Ravens and the Cincinnati Bengals. Back in Cincinnati, two teams that while the Ravens won, didn't particularly look good. The Bengals played in a terrible weather game and had literally Joe Burrow, the worst game he's ever had in his entire career, probably ever will have in his entire career. That game right now, the Bengals at minus three and a half with an over-under of 46. And I laid it out last night, Chris, when we were on the show. Uh, Joe Burrow, he has a tendency to go off on the Baltimore Ravens. I think they actually cover this, get back on track, m- minus three and a half. I know the Ravens get Mark Andrews back, but now they have the running game that they're going to have to figure out. I'm not a big fan of Todd Mocken. Didn't see anything last week to make me feel otherwise. I have the Bengals coming back and winning this game at home and covering that three and a half. Chaz, what do you think? Yeah, Cincinnati won the last two times they played here uh, against the Ravens, but you can't really judge that Houston game because Houston just is really, really terrible. The thing that concerns me is how poorly Joe Burrow played, and was it related at all to rust because he had been hurt, or or did he have just, you know, if you don't have legs and you're a quarterback, your throws aren't going to be too good. But the, the weather was there. So I, I, I would say this game here, being that it's that division, I, I would look like sticking with the under, I think. Remember, Baltimore guy says, I'm not going to run as much you know, because everybody said he's getting hurt. But his running is what makes him good. If he sits in the pocket, Baltimore's not that good. No, I agree. Chris, what do you think of this game? What do you got on this one? This is a tough one for me because I hear you, Dan. I understand Cincinnati can't be as bad as they were last week, but they also have been a team that notoriously starts off poorly, and it usually takes about week three or week four for them to kind of hit their stride. Now, Joe Burrow statistically has some decent numbers when he bounces back in that second game, so the Ravens is a team that definitely has a history of lighting up and being able to kind of get right. The Raven defense is banged up, but I also think the Raven offense you know, didn't have to do a whole lot last week. Didn't look super sharp, but that's kind of to be expected. You're changing to a whole new offense. Um, I, I think this is kind of a pick'em game. I was a game I tried to avoid if possible, but I think the under is a game I, I agree with both of you guys on. Under is probably where I'm going to bet on it. That's what I would look for. I like that. Okay, let's move into our next matchup here. We got the Chargers and the Tennessee Titans. The Chargers doing Charger things last week, just leading the entire game and still find a way to just give it away at the end. Absolutely incredible. Uh, they are favored 
on the road at minus three points right now. The over-under set at 45. Some of that is due to Tennessee just not looking good in their own right. They may not have DeAndre Hopkins at their disposal, although it may not matter because unless Ryan Tannehill looks better, this is going to be bad. And I'm starting to think, I need to see it from Tannehill. I'm starting to think he might have just fallen off that cliff and we just haven't quite realized it just yet. I'm afraid to bet the Chargers to cover ever because of how they just like to give away games at the end, but they should be the better team in this one. They should. They should be. Uh, So give me the Chargers at minus three. What do you got, Chaz? Yeah, did you see at the end of the first half of the Chargers game, it was on here, and it was, uh, you know, Vic still, even though she, she said, you know, to you when they moved, she went to the Ravens side. She's a purple girl now. She still watches the Charger game. So it's the end of the first half, and the other team's got the ball on their own 20, and they throw up uh, a ball that's like 15 yards past everybody, and the Charger dude shoves the other guy in the back. Did you see that? And they basically got a field goal with no time left on the clock, and for the whole second half, I get Vicky going, you think they wish they didn't give up those three points now? You wish they didn't give up those? She must have said it like nine times. And then, of course, the guy catches the ball in the end zone, right? And instead of going down and being a smart football player, he does what some stupid defensive backs do. He ran out of bounds at the four. When you turn the ball over in the red zone and you can hold the guy, you get the ball back pretty much kind of where you – maybe a, a, a first down or so back from that, but – if you get it on the 20, all of a sudden now you're kicking it and you don't do anything, you're going to kick it into their territory. So those are two plays that just show you that that Spanos curse is in the locker room at SoFi. <laughs> it was it was, it was, was insane. It was insane. That's Chris, though. The shove, I mean, understand. It was, a, it was like, what the hell were you thinking? Nobody knows. Nobody knows. That's, that's the problem. Chris, what do you got in this game? You got a feel for this one? This is another tough game. I think Tennessee at home, you think they can, you know, I think I start off 0-2. Usually Mark Rabel figures out something that kind of establishes their identity. I think that this team will get back behind Derrick Henry, but I think the Chargers should pull this game out unless they do Charger things, as you guys are both alluding to. Um, I think just the firepower is too much. You're going to score touchdowns while Tennessee is kicking field goals. I think the Chargers to win this game. I'm not super confident in it, but I think they should be able to cover. Yeah, well. We'll have to see. Uh, let, let's let's go ahead and let's get into the uh, Packers and Falcons game. This is one I had my eye on. This line has moved drastically, probably because of the news of Aaron Jones and Christian Watson, both unlikely to play for the Packers. This was going to be my underdog pick of the week, but because the Packers were coming in favored up until today. Now, all of a sudden, the Falcons are favored at minus one and a half instead. So now... I obviously am going to be taking the Falcons. I was going to be picking them to basically win this game anyway. At minus one and a half, it's essentially a pick them. What I'm more interested to, I mean, I'm Chaz. I want to see what your, what your take is on this game. But also the 40 and a half, I feel like we still have to go under even with a low under anyway. What do you got on this game? Well, remember last week it was 4 and 13, right? Four overs, 13 unders. And the home teams, I don't know if you guys knew that, the home teams were 4 and 13 last week against yeah, the Yeah, all teams are terrible. Yeah. Amazing. So, um, yeah, here's what I got for this game. Green Bay won for me last week. I had them uh, taking the points. Um, Atlanta doesn't allow, though. In the last eight, they've allowed 24 or less. So that's screaming you're under. Yeah. So that's, I, I like the under a lot, too. Chris, what do you think? 
Well, I definitely was with you, Dan. This was going to be my upset pick also. I thought Atlanta was going to be able to win this game now. I picked in the favor for Atlanta. The over and under, I think it's a little challenging because I think there's going to be some turnovers in this game. So maybe the game a little higher scoring than people expected it to be. Um, neither team's great, you know, but I think above all, Atlanta, what they do well is run the ball. Green Bay's not good against them stopping the run. So I think Atlanta will be able to score some points. They've score touchdowns last week. Um, I think that, you know, I'd like Atlanta to win this game. The over under, I'm probably avoiding, but I think I'd definitely take the favor in this one. All right, I like that too. Oh, we got another ugly game to talk about. The Tampa Bay Buccaneers taking on the Chicago Bears. It's in Tampa Bay. Tampa Bay's favorite at minus two and a half. The over-under is set at 41. I'm just staying away from this game altogether. I had one gun to my head, Tampa Bay at minus two and a half. I'll just, Chicago looks terrible. Tampa Bay was... Yeah, I think we lost them again. Well, he seems to be very much on the rant about Tampa Bay and Chicago. So, yeah, but here, what do you have in thing. this game? What What I need to do is I need to find out the technique that he's using so his lips are moving but nothing's coming out because I could use that on my wife. <laughs> and if she doesn't know it, it'll be, I just nod my head. Mm-hmm. Whatever you say, dear. But you know what I got? I got my notes on this one. Um, Green Bay does own Chicago, huh? I mean, it yes, doesn't matter who the quarterback is. And uh, how long uh, over under until Baker Mayfield implodes? I think it's going to be about two more games. There you go. <laughs> well, he, I mean, he, he's, I like the kid. It's hard not to like him. And this, the, you know, you're, you're, you lose Tom Brady. You, you, you shake it up a bit. There's no doubt about it. However, um, I just I don't I don't know. He it seems like he he tries too hard sometimes, and he, he doesn't he doesn't just relax and let the game play to him, uh, and that's when you make mistakes. And it really the 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 guys on the other side of the ball on defense are all fast, are all strong. You can't make mistakes. You give the ball away, you're not winning in the NFL. No, and I think that's that's the game where you know I hear Tan on Tampa Bay. I think Chicago is actually going to steal this game just because I think that Tampa Bay is a, a team that's not going to be 2-0. I think that they're going to find a way to kind of lose this game. I think Baker Mayfield will have kind of that, you know, poor throw here or there. You kind of alluded to Chaz where he just tries too hard. I think the Chicago offense is going to kind of bounce back where the quarterback can actually get you know, outside the pocket and they, they can actually push the ball down the field a little bit. Tampa Bay's defense was not very impressive to me. Kirk Cousins has played really poorly last week. So I, I think Chicago actually can steal this game in Tampa Bay. It could go either way. Again, it's a game I don't really want any part of. I would just I would take Tampa Bay. I think don't, don't disagree with that part at all because this is. I think that's kind of getting scared, Dan. It's week week two, and it's already feeling like a lot like last year, where it was like, oh, who's playing? Who? I have I have four I have four games on my sheet where I said, yeah, you know what? I don't really care. <laughs> talk about this game, but I have no no. I I one of them. I uh, we didn't get to it. I got some good notes on one of them. I'll wait because we haven't got to it yet. Well, is the Texas and Colts one of them? Because I feel like that's another game <laughs> that's where it's it. like, yes. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Listen to this. Normally, the coin flip is, you know, do I watch a game? And this one, the coin flip is heads I don't watch, tails I don't watch either. <laughs> that's really what I said. Yeah, just, just for the record, in case you guys don't know, Houston Texans are favored at minus one and a half. It is in Houston. The over-under is at 39. 
And I don't feel good about any of the numbers. I don't feel good about the over-under because we did see the calls look a little bit competently offensively, but I also don't necessarily think they're going to go over that mark. I I have no feel for who's going to win this game. Everything's just too up in the air with both of these teams right now. Listen to these head-to-head numbers. This is these teams tied the first week, right? And then 31-32 the second week. So we if you don't get... throw a few shekels on the tie because that's got to have off. There you go. That's that, that, <laughs> they have a history. They have a history. <laughs> that's usually like plus eight thousand or something like that going into the game. Screw it. Throw throw a half a unit on there. See what happens. Uh, let's move on here to the 49ers and the Rams. This is a game I want some action on. San Francisco favored on the road at minus seven and a half. The over under set at forty four and a half. I am taking San Francisco on the road. They own the Rams, not just head to head, but in the spread as well. And they. Look, I know the Rams had a surprising game against Seattle last week. I don't think the 49ers crapped the bed the way Seattle did. I think they take care of business, and Shanahan continues his dominance over Sean McVay. So I'm taking the 49ers, and it's not my last bet of the week, but it's a pretty good one. Chaz, what do you got? You with me well, on this you know, one? We got a battle of undefeateds early in the season, and it's big in the dish, division. They both, if you look at the scores last week, they both almost had the same exact score. They scored 30, and they, they did. basically didn't give up but a couple touchdowns. Uh, San Francisco is really good, and when you can only need to use McCaffrey a little bit, you're a powerful team because he's used to being out there all the time, and he's good when he's out there all the time. God forbid if he's rested. No, that's fair, Chris. You got you got one. You got a feel for this game. Think the Rams try to find a way to cover or no? So, um, been since 2018, Dan, I believe, since Sean McVay has beaten Kyle Shanahan. Um, I don't so think the one playoff been... game. I give him the one playoff game. Oh, with sorry, the yeah, sorry. So regular season, uh, we'll give him yeah. the playoff game with what we'll, we'll say regular season. Um, I think this continues. You talked about the dominance. Look, the Rams played a really good game. They also, you know, Seattle lost their two offensive tackles in the second half of that game. They were up pretty decently. They got 12 yards the second half. The 49ers have more weapons, have a better offensive line, have a better plan. Then they're going to easily cover the seven. I, love, I saw Matthew Stafford last week. I think the Rams' offense is going to be much better than we saw last year, but it's not going to be enough to beat San Francisco, and I'd love to score with that seven and a half. What do you think? If you think because I kind of agree with you, Stafford looked pretty good. I don't think their offense is nothing. What about the over on the forty-four and a half? Because that's a little tempting to me too. Yeah, the thing I think is the big difference for me is you have. Um, I think you hit the quarterback five at five sacks and pick it. Um, your your offense, your defensive line was just dominant last week. I don't think this Rams offensive line has improved enough to be able to continue to keep people off Matthew Stafford. Seattle's defensive line is questionable at best. We're still curious about their pass rush is going to be. They weren't able to get Stafford at all or any pressure. I think that's going to be a problem for your team. And that wasn't – Bosa wasn't even in on that. That's how crazy that was. Uh, I, got, I got a great story here. So I had the under in the Rams-Seahawk game, and there's like three minutes left in the first half, and the guy hits the, the upright. And then another missed field goal. And then another missed field goal. These teams missed three field goals in the and last the three minutes. Chest. And I had, I literally <laughs> had a half of it was like 20 and a half, and they were at 20, and I couldn't believe I won. So, uh, yeah, that leads me to believe that the Rams are not going to be able you, – if you can't get field goals, you, you got to score touchdowns against the 49ers, right? You have to. Yeah, agreed. You, you do. Uh, here's another game that I feel pretty good about. Uh, not quite a lock, but also uh, – 
I probably will be throwing some money on it. And that's the Giants and the Cardinals. This other line has been moving a little bit back and forth right now. The Giants, great value. Minus four against the Arizona Cardinals. Yes, it's on the road. The over-unders at 40. Look, it was a buzzsaw what happened against Dallas last week. The Cardinals are about as far away from Dallas as you could possibly get as far as their talent level on the defensive side of the ball. Daniel Jones does well against crappy defenses. He'll run. Waller will be a little bit more healthy. He'll probably play a few more snaps. Saquon will be a little bit more involved. I do expect the Giants to cover in this game. And it's not like I said, it's not going to come in, but it's a bet I feel pretty good about. How about Chaz? You with me on this one or see something else? Do you, do you remember last... November 27th at all, the NC, uh, the NFL season? No. Last November 27th? That was the last time they scored 20 points or more, Arizona. Arizona didn't. Think So you got to play. You played another. You, you played that. The, they played that game. So that was the last game in November. So then you play all of December, right? And then you play a couple games in January, I think, right? Yeah. First, and that, well, not so, that. Yeah, but... <laughs> No, 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 yeah, because the second, the, the, the right, the, the first game 16 is on New Year's, and so I think the last game of the year is like that first week of January. No, so that, that means that, that we're talking about how many games they ain't scored 20 points. How do you not <laughs> score 20 points? You just got to be able to score 20 points. I mean, it's 20 points. Chaz, you're hurting Bronco fans' feelings right now. You gotta be careful. <laughs> say, look, can you look up the stats from last time Broncos scored 20 points? I feel like they might be in the same boat as the Cardinals yeah, right now. Yeah, they are. They probably are. Oh, and man, actually, so you know what? I have notes on I have notes on that game. So when we get to that game, I'll talk about it. <laughs> it'll, it'll be soon. Uh, speaking of the Cowboys, they are at home. They are the biggest favorites of the week. Minus nine and a half over the New York Jets. The over under is the lowest or second lowest of the week. Thirty eight and a half points. People are just expecting defenses to be dominant. I don't disagree. It's too low of a number for me to bet under, though. <laughs> like I just can't bring myself physically to do that but i could definitely see it happening but uh the cowboys at minus nine and a half i'm actually believe it or not gonna take this will be my underdog pick of the week i'm gonna take the jets to cover i'm gonna take the jets to cover at nine and a half i think their defense is good enough. well i'm gonna we jump look. on yeah what do you think I'm going to jump in on what I think his point was going to be because I definitely agree with Dan on this one. Um, I think the Jets are going to be able to cover in this one as well. I don't know if they're going to be able to pull out the game, but I do think that defense is good enough to hold Dallas' offense down. We didn't even really see Dallas' offense do a whole lot versus that Giants' defense last week. The special teams, the defense basically dominated the game enough. If Zach Wilson doesn't turn the ball over consistently, this Jets team will, will keep it close. And I think the running team is going to be tough for Dallas to stop. I do think Jets can keep it close enough for the from the cover. So I have the Jets in this game as you know the underdog in a sense. How about you, Chaz? Well, I'm going to find that guy that scored me that punt touchdown, the walk-off that cost you guys Gibson. the loss, but won me money. I'm going to find him, and I'm going to bet him anytime touchdown. I know that because that guy will be getting on the field more. I don't know if the Jets can score enough to, to win, but the Dallas beat the Giants. That doesn't mean a damn thing to me. And so 10 points in the NFL, 10 points is a lot of points. Especially well, for elite defense. I was going to ask real quick, and Chaz, you, you always have your great numbers about the homes and aways. I feel like teams always usually score points in Dallas. That's kind of why I feel Jets can hang around. This. I, I, I understand the over-under. I'm actually going over possibly because I think teams usually surprise in Dallas and able to put up points. 
Well, you mentioned it, right? They didn't give up any points to the Giants, but their offense, you know, they they had a, a what a block punt. They, I mean, they scored on the defense. I think two different ways, or they got the ball back a few times. So I, I don't know if we're dealing with a, a team that is going to score a lot of points in Dallas uh, because the Jets do have a good defense. Um, but ten points is ten points. Ten points is ten points. Could you guys hear me at least? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Okay, cool. Yes, that Chris, thank you. That was the point that I was going to make. That their defense is too good to make this game come a blowout, and, that, and that's the whole reason why they beat the Bills. And, and I won money on that too, by the way. Uh, with with the with the with the Jets, I had them with Jets winning that game outright. So it was one of my underdog picks of the week. I felt good about that. Uh, let's talk yeah, but about. They, I mean, when you when you look at the Jets' offense, you felt you, you felt a little pity. You felt a little pity for them. They just they just. He looks dysfunctional out there. Now, don't get me wrong. You can't say letting the air out of the balloon. Like, that was just fourth play, for heaven's sakes. I mean, those people had partied all day waiting to see Aaron Rodgers wear that green uniform. So you feel a little bad for him. But I I just don't know if they're going to be able to score points. Yeah, no, that's quite possible. Let's move on to the Broncos and the Commanders here. The Broncos are favored at minus three and a half, the over-under at 39. That just seems like a dangerous, dangerous, dangerous proposition for the for, – first of all, bet the under because not one of these teams can score a lick, number one. There is no chance I am taking the Broncos at minus three and a half – so I guess I'll take the Commanders to keep the game within a field goal. Ooh, probably a game I'm staying away from, except for I am going to take the under at 39. I don't care. Neither one of these teams can score. What do you think, Chaz? Yeah, I said, here's my notes. I thought the Indy-Houston game was bad. <laughs> so I apologize to the Indy-Houston game. <laughs> Chris, are you on board? I, I'm not as aboard the under, I understand, um, but I'm more on Denver. I think Denver played decently last week. I think Russell Wilson was comfortable. I think using the legs and, and kind of the offense and everything Sean Payne's putting together kind of works better. I'm not a big fan of this commander's team. I think that Arizona basically did everything in their power to make sure they did not win that game. So I have to give – I think Denver's going to be a team I think pulls it out. I think three and a half is – no, I think they could be about three and a half. This, this, we finally have a lock em in bet for me of the week. Lock em in. It's a lock. It's Miami minus three in New England on Sunday night football. I was very impressed with Miami, very impressed with Tua, very impressed with Mike McDaniel. And that defense, while it didn't show up against the Chargers, obviously. That defense is going to get better with Vic Fangio as the defensive coordinator. I think we see a bunch of improvement in this game against the Patriots. The Dolphins are a better than three-point favorite against this Patriot team. I'm taking the Dolphins, and I'm locking it in this week. Chaz, are you with me? Well, I tell you, that Miami game, I was watching it here, and it was 7 nothing, and I just started clicking on over, and I was betting my money on over, 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 and it was like I cashed all five tickets for the game. I don't know if New England is going to allow them to do that like they did. But I do know that this is a really big game with the Jets guy going down because there's no way the Jets are winning that division without Aaron Rodgers. It ain't happening. Um, and, and Buffalo is the team to beat in my mind, but a lot of people like these two teams. So this is a big, big game early in the season. We think, Chris? Yeah, this is one of the tough ones again for me. I, I look at a New England team that played well versus the Eagles. 
and let's at least have a competent offense. I agree with you. This Dolphins defense is going to get better, but they what they're continuing to show you that they couldn't do last year, and they still haven't done this first beginning of the year is stop the run. The Patriots can actually run the ball; they can keep the game closer than you know people expect it to be. I if it was in Miami, I'd be all about Miami, but being being New England makes me a little cautious. I think logically, I go with you, Dan. I pick Miami, but I think my heart with New England, I kind of caution that just to be careful. I'm going to throw this out there. Big key, Trent Brown might not play, and Miami's offensive line is actually getting better with Toronto Armstead finally on his way back. So that is one of my lock bets of the week. Let's move on here to the Saints and the Carolina Panthers, which is another lock them in. Lock them in. It's a lock. Saints looked sharp against the Tennessee Titans. Carolina is even worse than the Tennessee Titans are. They have absolutely positively no firepower. And because the Saints are on the road, this line is only minus three in favor of the Saints. The over-under stuck at 40. I am locking in the Saints to cover at minus three. Never felt better about a bet. What do you say, Chaz? Yeah, you know what? Um, the quarterback situation for the Panthers reminds me a little bit of last year with the Bears. I mean, if all you have is a quarterback, that's that's not going to cut it in this league, especially these young kids. I mean, think about what they're dealing with. I, I just, I don't know. Uh, I'm, I'm really rooting for Derek Carr. I really am. I don't know. What I have my notes here is this, this is a young quarterback versus an old quarterback, and I am actually looking forward to this one. This game, though, I got a feeling that it'll be a lot of live action. These Sunday, Monday, and the two Monday games, first of all, it's a Monday game in the afternoon, right? I love that because I'm grinding well, no, for just, a living. Just an hour staggered for me. Well, I guess for you it would be the afternoon. Yeah, I right. Exactly. No, for me, I'm talking about Yeah, for me yeah. Yeah, because I'm grinding. I grind all day Monday, and then having the game it makes it a lot easier. So all three of these games, so Miami, New England, New Orleans, Carolina, and the, the last one, Cleveland, Pittsburgh, I'm all looking for a lot of live action in these games. Yeah, no, that's probably that's probably for Chris. What do, you, what do you think, man? Saints. I'm no problem. I, I do like the Saints in this game. Um, I do have some caution though. I think historically the Saints have always struggled going to Carolina and winning in Carolina. It usually has to do with being having Drew Brees as your quarterback and just him not being able right outside. I think you know Derek Carr can kind of break that that curse. And what I saw from Carolina's offense last week does not make me very excited. I think this defense for the Saints can actually shut them down very easily. I like the Saints in this game. Yes, that's what I'm talking about. And my last lock em in bet of the week. Lock them in. It's a lock. I am locking in the Cleveland Browns over the Pittsburgh Steelers. This line is only minus two and a half. This is the first time in 30 years the Browns have been favored going into Pittsburgh, and I'm all about it. The 40, Every team that played the 49ers last year lost the following week. The Steelers are lost. They have no Deontay Johnson. The offensive line is banged up, and the Cleveland defense, BT Dubs, pretty freaking good in their own right last week and I think they're going to be pretty good all year. Chris, you and I have talked about Jim Schwartz being a defensive coordinator what impact we think that's going to have on this team. So I am locking in Cleveland at minus two and a half. I'm staying away from the over under a 39. Chaz, what do you got for this game? That uh, that Cincinnati-Cleveland game was another one. So I was watching that, and I, there's no way these teams are going to score. And I just kept betting the under on that one, too. So I ended up having, like, a great, great day live action. And I was tiptoeing in with all the regular bets and just hopping on it. And that's the beauty of live action. Say say you're, you're betting $20. So you bet five games for $20. 
and one of them is obvious what's going to happen, like the, the Miami Charger game, you bet $100, and boom, you're good. <laughs> as long as you go three and two in the other place, you're out. But uh, Cleveland ain't San Francisco. Pittsburgh was 2-0 last year. But this Watson kid, how do you defense him? I mean, how do you do it? He just He's a slippery eel that's fast and can throw. Yeah, I mean, well, yeah, it's interesting to see what they can do. Go ahead, Chris. I was going to say, I was going to say, it'll be interesting to do. I understand Washington's going to be kind of the key to this game. I'm with you, Dan. I think Cleveland's going to be able to pull this game out. I, it's always hard for me to go against because Mike Tomlin, somewhat wise, hard for me to go against Rabel in the Chargers game. But I look at this Cleveland offense and this Cleveland defense, and I feel like they're just matchup wise or too much for this Pittsburgh offense and Pittsburgh defense without having um, the defensive attack or I'm sorry, defensive end. Hayward out for the Pittsburgh. Their deep run defense has never been good. Having him out is going to be huge versus Cleveland offense, which ran the ball well last week. I think Cleveland's able to win this game. But I bet the under, I like the under a lot in this game. This is going to be an ugly, ugly, ugly game, I think. That actually ties over my lock player prop bets of the week. Nick Chubb right now, 75 and a half over under rushing yards. Smash the over on that one. I think he definitely goes over the century mark. I also he, have... He- Boy, did he look good last oh, week, he looks, didn't he? he Holy cow. He, he looks like he's ready to take another step again this this year with, with no cream hunt holding him down. Uh, my other l- player prop bets uh, is Bijan Robinson at 17 and a half receiving yards. The guy had 33% of the team target share last week. He was the number one receiver. He's going to go over 17 and a half receiving yards this week, too. And I'm staying with that game. Desmond Ritter, 189 and a half passing yards take the under the guy who's 6.4 yards per target or per pass attempt excuse me 15 of 18 last week if Atlanta is going to be up in this game which they might be and get the pro game script we know Arthur Smith is just going to run the ball out there's no chance he's getting 189 yards this week give him the under as well uh, so those are my player prop bets of this week Chaz you got any uh, ending notes for us well when you do those props do you parlay them too Oh, yeah, absolutely. I actually yeah, I have yeah. the, the Bijan and the Nick Chubb one I have parlayed yeah. up, actually, as we speak. Just make sure because uh, when when you're right, um, th- boy, the odds just change everything when you got to parlay, don't they? Oh, it's beautiful. It's a beautiful thing. Speaking of, so who's going to be our parlay this week? I'm going to I'm going with the Cleveland Browns as my lock them in for the for the parlay. That's for Dan. What about Chris? I'm going to go with the 49ers. I'm taking the Chiefs. All right. I like it. So that's the Chiefs the, at minus three and a half. The 49ers at minus seven and a half. And the Browns at minus two and a half for our parlay bet of the week. Let's you get made a good the- point. You made a good point, though, real quick, Dan. It was the, the, the whole field, the lines. This week, the lines really, I think, are very much being impacted by week one. It kind of an overreaction. I don't think you're going to see... Kansas City, uh, given teams like this, uh, only three points down the road. No, I totally agree. And I, I know part of that was the Travis Kelsey thing. They don't know for sure he's going to play, but our feeling here is that he's going to play. That's going to make uh, all the difference in the world offensively, uh, especially. So, yeah, take advantage of those lines early in the season is when you can usually take advantage of those lines. After this, they get they get pretty sharp after this. We have to start looking for quarter bets and half bets, and that's where, that's where Chaz's magic likes to come in. Speaking of, Chaz, what do you got coming up, man? We want people to check out. Come follow you at. Well, you know, we we were in New Orleans uh, for the Tulane Cotton Bowl season opener, and they treated us like royalty. And it was it was we were like in the owner's suite with like big buckets of shrimp and uh, Cajun food and uh, those uh, uh, 
what are those, the beignets or whatever those? Yeah, it was really great, great time. And I had parlayed. I started doing what Blackhawk West was doing, which I parlayed. So every time I made a bet all summer, I threw Tulane in there. for. So I'd I'd make two bets. I'd bet a four-teamer, and then I'd bet a four-teamer with Tulane, make it a five-teamer. And I had 20 bets. I ended up winning $600 on the game. It was one of the best nights of my entire life. It really was. Don't get me wrong. The humidity, once you leave the air conditioning of the suite, was pretty nasty and your glasses fogged up but that you know i felt bad for tulane the next week they they lost their quarterback and it doesn't matter whether you're high school college or pro you don't have your main quarterback it's tough to win yeah no no doubt about it chris you and i will be well you'll be back with me next week for our operation domination episode at 9 30 p.m next wednesday i'll be back a little bit sooner than that at 10 30 this sunday night with Chaz thornton we'll be recapping all the sunday action to get you guys started off the right way and give you the edge and cashing you tickets and we're doing everything here on the md's fancy football show make sure you follow us on social media at belly mdff show on x mdff show everywhere else subscribe to our youtube channel hit the bell notification and download us on your favorite podcast app until next time and Chaz, you always like to say always be cash guys have a wonderful weekend and good luck